0: This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com
1: family. Well, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest around the United States, Canada, around the world. We've been to China, we've been to Alaska, we've been all over the place. But right now, Paul Hornstein, my co-host, is joining us live on Long Island, New York, one day before Thanksgiving Uh a holiday sets in on us and i can already tell by the smile on his face he's feeling better about not having to go to work tomorrow
2: oh well (laughs) it's 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 not even it's just the getting up at 4 30 in the morning i can do without that that's enough to make me want to be done right the job job itself is
1: (laughs) all right well paul hornstein on long island scott strandy here in scottsdale arizona Paul, we're finally back to hockey after two weeks oh off. It'll be 20 Lord days between games by the time they drop the puck. And then guess what? 13 straight weeks of hockey till the end of the season. There are no breaks. So uh, Coach Powers told me he liked it, but what was he going to say, right? Yeah, <laughs> he has well, no choice what, does the he matter. have a choice? Oh, he doesn't have <laughs> no. a choice.
2: And he'll, he'll like it as long as his players stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, he won't like it as much.
1: Well, exactly, and that's why on this week's Hockey Talk, which will be up tomorrow, we, uh, we had a little visit with Leanne Blinn. Um, you had a chance to hear it. Uh, she, she's she's one of a kind, and they are so fortunate to have her. Uh, I thought it was fitting on Thanksgiving because every player you talk to and every coach you talk to says, "Thank God we got Leanne Blinn on our on our side." So yeah, um, well. She's made a mark, no doubt, in two years. Uh, I joked with her a little bit about pushing the bus. I joked with her a little bit about maybe having the guys pull an airplane in the off offseason.
2: Uh, a little does, bit of everything, but does, she, she's a key. Does she have a hidden camera at the dinner tables to make sure they don't eat too much tomorrow? <laughs> no,
1: but if they do eat too much tomorrow, she's going to work
2: uh, it off. Oh, first. yeah, well, <laughs>
1: hey,
2: maybe I should come and hang out there for a little while and have her work right. off me because... Uh I'm well, I
1: thought sure that
2: I will eat too much tomorrow.
1: I thought it was interesting in what Coach Power said about the workouts over the last couple of weeks. He's kept them short. He tried right. to keep them between 30 and 45 minutes. Um, I heard him on the last on Tuesday's practice when I was there. Somebody hollered out 38 minutes, and he goes, Okay, it's right where I want to be. So they were actually timing the practices, but the intensity was there all the way through. Everybody well, I hope so. felt Everybody felt healthy. Uh, they felt good and strong. He was really happy to have Gruber back at close to 100% and have Phil Bunces back at close to 100%. So that's good news. Our pitchfork profile this week with Johnny Walker also touched on health. Uh, I got right. a kick out of Johnny. I'll kind of tease that a little bit. But I asked him about if he missed Joey Decord, and he said, yeah. He said, there's not too many guys that can throw past three, three zones on the tape so I can go in on a breakaway.
2: Yeah, well, you know Johnny, he's pretty camera shy. He doesn't really say much when you get him,
3: uh, you know, behind right. a
2: microphone and in front of a camera. So uh, that was that was good of you to get some of that out of him. That was different. <laughs> exactly. He's uh, he's
1: a lot of fun to have on. So thanks to Johnny for being our Pitchfork profile this week. Okay, let's let's start talking about Vermont. They come in here a little deceptive. One, eight, and one. Right. Um, Coach Powers is a little bit worried about the fact that they're coming in to a building that he, he said to us in the uh, in the Powers play is that this kind of this building fits their profile. They want to play hard, they want to play heavy, they want to have tight corners. I don't know about the low ceilings, but they uh, he's a little worried about that. Plus, they have perhaps the best goaltender in all of college hockey.
2: Well, he's definitely the best kept secret as far as goaltenders in college hockey are concerned. Uh, Coach Powers kind of built his teams a little bit that way the first few years uh, to play big and to play heavy, and he's trying to transition it now. And I mean, he's he's said that many times. Uh, but uh, Stefanos Lekos is was probably the best goaltender in the in the country last year, but because his team didn't win very much, people didn't. He had uh, like a nine thirty save percentage. And his goals against average was around two. Um, He still got the same save percentages this year, uh, but his goals against is up a little bit. Um, Not that it matters, because honestly, and this week makes me nervous, like every week makes me nervous when my team is is playing. Um, But this makes me nervous for a bunch of different reasons. One, We keep saying they're going to learn from the layoffs and and the downtime uh, ASU, but I haven't quite seen it yet. So that Friday night makes me nervous right away because even if it takes them 10 minutes of game time to get their legs back under them, that's still 10 minutes that Vermont, who's been playing the last couple of weeks, um, can – Put on some pressure and, 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 and get themselves off to a good start. Um, and ASU tends to struggle in those Friday night games to begin with. So the Friday night game makes me nervous about that. Um, the goalie can steal you a game at any time, at any place. I mean, that's just a fact of hockey. Um, if you run into a hot goalie, even if the goalie, by the standards that we measure them, is not having a good year, that year doesn't make any difference on that particular night. So a hot goalie or a goalie in the zone or whatever phrase you want to use on any given night can beat you, and this goalie has a lot of those nights. Yeah. He has a lot it. of those nights. Um, so then when you take a look at, what the team has done, what the Catamounts have done. Um, I also worry with the fact that they are one, eight and one, and I don't care how you got to one, eight and one, you can overlook a team coming in at one, eight and one when you're playing a top five team next week in Denver. Right. Yep, so absolutely. those are other factors that worry me. Uh, Vermont has practically not scored at all in their ten games. They've only got, I I think, they only have thirteen goals in ten games. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, So it's been tough to put the uh, the puck in the net. So so I think you can look at it that they don't have a lot of offensive skill. Maybe they've been snake bit and are due. So which one is it? Is, it, is Friday night or Saturday night the night that they have their game and they break it loose? Or will they continue to stay in that struggling offensive mode for these two games over the weekend, especially against a team that hasn't played in three weeks?
1: Well, here's a formula, I think, and this is what ASU is going to want to do. You know, whether they can do it or not is they're going to want to get out quick. and Absolutely. Put some put some, some goals on the board. Uh, in the opening period and and really put them back on their heels. Secondly, is I think, and I think Johnny hit it on the head. You'll hear him in the uh, Pitchfork profile. But he said he thinks Evan's starting to track the puck better now. And I think we've touched on this a couple different times. I think it's worth touching on again. Evan DeBrowler didn't play a meaningful game in about 16 months. So it's a... You know, for him to keep coming on, I think is extremely important. And I don't think we know. And Coach Bowers says this too: is we don't know what his ceiling is yet because he's still working his way to that point. But I can tell you, I saw him uh, Tuesday. We chatted a little bit outside, off camera, and and he's getting more and more confident. I said, "Hey, did you do anything these any two weeks off? You go anywhere? Because some of the guys went." you know, went back home for a couple of days and did different things. He right. said, no. He said, I got school and I had to keep working, he said. So I thought that was pretty interesting that he was right here in Tempe continuing to work on his game and wanting to get better. So uh, well, I think but, that's important because if he can keep them off the boards and they can obviously score some goals early, that's the formula for success all the way
2: through. Well, naturally, but the fact of the matter is, so far in three and a half or four years, they haven't really shown that they'll do that. Right. So that's why when you go into every series, no matter who they're playing, those Friday night games make you edgy because their history has been, regardless of who's been on the roster, is that of the two games in a weekend, the second game, which is usually a Saturday, uh, is there better game of the two? Now right. what the reasons for that? It's not like they've changed much in the practice schedule. It's not like they've they're doing anything system wise a little different. Just for whatever reason, they struggle on Friday and make major improvements from Friday into Saturday or from game one into game two. So and it's interesting you said that because
1: now after this weekend, it's some odd scheduling going on from now until the first week in January. Because what happens is after Vermont series, which is a typical seven o five Friday and Saturday, then we go to Denver, coming to town. and We're going to go seven o five at Oceanside on Friday night, but then Saturday is a Pac twelve TV game, so they moved it to four thirty, and they're going to play at Gila River, which. Has never been really nice for for ASU. Uh,
2: no, not really.
1: So they'll they'll move there. Then the following week they go to Michigan Tech and it's or I'm sorry, Michigan, Michigan State. State. And uh, it's a Saturday Sunday afternoon. And then they go to Omaha, which is Saturday Sunday afternoon. Then they come back home, if you will, and then travel out to California for Harvard, which is Saturday and Sunday afternoon. And then they have Michigan Tech, which is Saturday and Sunday afternoon at home. So the next, you know, four uh, weeks after this one is going to be interesting.
2: Uh, and then after uh, Michigan Tech, they play Brown on a Saturday and a Sunday, too. Yeah. At okay. Brown. Hopefully yeah, just, I'll be at those.
1: Yeah. So just keep, uh, just keep building them up. Coach Powers alluded to that in the Powers play. Yeah. Um, you know, you asked a question, and I referred it on to Coach Powers because of the big football rivalry going on at 8:30 p.m. Pacific um, or Mountain Time with ASU and U of a. Eight, eight, eight or eight thirty? Uh okay, maybe it's eight o'clock. It was eight yeah. or eight thirty, one of the two. Either, Either way, way, it's going to be right. W- <laughs> yeah, it's going to be right with the Sun Devil game. And Coach Powers said that you know they they try to accommodate when they can, but. Unfortunately, their schedule was made and football moved to theirs via TV. So it really is not much. He, he reiterated again that the games are sold out and that their fan base is going to be in the building and he doesn't expect anything to really change. He's hoping that they get a win and have time to, to watch the end of the football game and watch them win as well.
2: Well, they, if, if the game's starting at 7 o'clock uh, local time, uh, unless
1: they don't play
2: <laughs> quadruple overtimes in college hockey for right. the NCAA tournament. So you're talking uh, the way college football runs. Yeah. You're talking about midway through the second quarter by the time the hockey game <laughs> ends. <so.
1: laughs> right.
2: Okay, let's take Maybe. a quick break.
1: Let's bring in uh, Coach Powers for the five-minute Powers play. Then when we'll, you and I will react to uh, what the Coach had to say this week. Yeah. And uh, we'll be right back with Coach Greg Powers in the five-minute Powers play. Welcome in hockey fans in the Desert Southwest, College Hockey Southwest Weekly. We got the coach, Greg Powers is with me for the five minute powers play. Coach, uh, you know, we talked about this early in the year, but three bye weeks in your first 10 games and now you're ready to get back and roll into about, what, 13 weeks in a row or something like that. How, how do you guys feel right now?
0: We feel great, we do. I mean, getting Gruber and Phil and back is a huge shot in the arm. And um, we're excited to, to just play again. Um, you know, we've kept practices short. The pace has been great. Um, we we anticipate uh, a, a team that's really fired up to be on the ice on Friday.
1: I was gonna say when you look at their record, it's kind of deceiving, isn't it? Vermont coming in here at one eight and one, but coming off of a tie against Boston, you and you know what to expect out of this team. They're gonna be ready to play, aren't they? They're
0: a good team. They're a really good team. Like you know, it's we're not taking them lightly. You know, because they have one win, they've had a tough schedule. They have maybe the best goalie in college hockey. He's really good um and uh and they're heavy they're heavy they, 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 it'll this place will probably suit their game pretty well um so we, we're we're we got a work cut out for us um you know you look at like just any given night this year especially it seems everybody's just beating everybody good. you know and and um everybody's good there's 60 teams you hear me say it all the time so we have to be at our best to beat anybody we're not we're not nearly good enough yet as a program to uh win games uh, consistently uh, by not playing our best hockey. You
1: know, I hear a lot of talk out there and I look at your schedule. Last year at this time, 10 games, you were 7-3-0. and Now you're 6-4-0. and Really not much different. I mean, the schedule was pretty similar probably, except you got Ohio State here last year and Minnesota State there this year. Yeah. Um, 13 weeks in a row and we talk about some, some different things coming up because you're going to get Vermont here, then you get Denver here, yeah. but then you have Saturday-Sunday games. Tell me about those Saturday Sunday games and how do you prepare any different for those short turnarounds?
0: No, I, I, our guys like them. We're, we're confident with with their conditioning levels and all the great work that Leanne does with them. Where um, they don't they don't really affect us. And and it just you know it just kind of happened. You know, I mean, we have a short turnaround game you know Friday Saturday with Denver because of uh, the Saturday game uh, being on TV with the Pac-12 network. So that's the reason for that early start. And then with Michigan State. Um, you know, there's exams and and stuff like that. And then, and then with Omaha, um, I think it had to do something with their, their basketball team or I don't know. Um, and then at Harvard, um, it's also during the holiday season. And then, and then when we come back here, uh, Michigan tech made the request to do a Saturday, Sunday, because they're coming out from their great lakes invitational and they wanted that extra day. So we've done that with, um, with with other programs, you know, we did it with Michigan State, um, asking to for a Saturday Sunday because of, of of rest and recovery. So it just happens that they're all kind of back to back to back to back. To back and um, and uh, what's what's good is we have to make we have to make the most of this busy December. There's a lot of teams that have three three and a half four weeks right. off, and we don't. And 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 we think this is an advantage. We really do because then we can hit that back half. Um, hopefully hitting the ground running and playing our best hockey.
1: So we look at the schedule right now. You guys come in as number 14-ranked team in the pairwise, which I know is the only thing that really matters, right, because that's what gets you into the national tournament. But how much can you improve on that with wins over the next five weeks leading up to the end of the year?
0: I mean, hugely. You know, we're we're right where we need to be, you know. And and, um, like I always say, we're focused on one thing, Friday against Vermont, and and the rest will fall into place. But if you look beyond and – and and kind of tear apart our schedule we have some really big time um games coming up you know I mean, we have vermont and then after that a top 10 pairwise team in denver and then after that right now a top 10 pairwise team in michigan state and then after that a top 20 pairwise team in omaha and then after that a top five pairwise team in harvard so we have uh, a great opportunity in front of us um to come together and, and get closer as a as a group and um and really tackle December get some big wins as a program and it all starts Friday
1: okay two things we talked a little bit two weeks ago about the bumps and bruises and you said everybody needed some time off and they got it I'm guessing everybody healed up pretty nicely
0: yeah everybody's healthy um so that's it's it's a great luxury to have Um, a couple guys uh, a little bit sick but but you know we're keeping away and just so they don't spread anything that could play or practice, Again, we, we, we don't, you know, we're, we're, we're practiced out you know we've, we've been limiting practice this week to 30 to 45 minutes and, and, and with good pace and some purpose, and the guys are really taken well to that, and they should be flying on Friday. All
1: right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Sun Devil Athletics because your football team came off of a huge win last Saturday. They got another big game coming up, but tell me about Sun Devil Athletics and how they all coincide, uh, the championships that the, that the teams are winning and the teams that are knocking off top teams and your program how are they all tied together
0: well i mean i think it's just a culture it's, it's a it's expectations and a culture that starts at the top with ray um hiring like-minded coaches that um want to make names for the program um you know what zeke's doing with wrestling beating yeah. penn state first dual loss in 60 meets for penn state that's an incredible accomplishment and then Herm turns around when when nobody gave them a chance to win that game on Saturday, and and did the unthinkable and and really dominated from start to finish, minus those last six minutes. Um, huge win for the program. What Sonya's doing with volleyball uh, has been really impressive, and and she took over that program when it was really down and and not winning much, and and now they're knocking on the door to getting in an NCAA tournament, and and then obviously you know Charlie's winning like Charlie always does, and. And, and Bobby is, is off to a good start. They, they damn near beat uh, Virginia, who's in a national championship team. Um, so everything's, you know, everything's you know, looking really good in Sunday of athletics right now.
1: How does that affect your players? Do they kind of get the vibe that, hey, you know what, if, if the football team wins big, it's our turn to win big too? I,
0: I don't know. I, I don't think it really affects us, to be honest. I mean, it, 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 it gives everybody a sense of pride, especially when, when you see the pitchfork, succeeding on a national stage and a big stage like it did on ES or on ABC. It's a national ABC game and um, all of our guys, you know, it was great because they all, and I got to go, we all got to go to the football game Saturday and, and generally, we only get to experience those miserable, you know, first two games at the start of the season where they play maybe a, a 1AA team, and, and it's not close, and it's 115 degrees out. So we got to go where the weather was beautiful, the crowd was tremendous against um, Oregon, who's an unbelievable program. And, and, and so for the guys that get to experience that in the middle of our season, I think it, it probably fired them up a little bit.
1: All right, let's wrap things up by uh, talking just a little bit about Vermont. You said they're big and heavy, but uh, this style fits your games. Their goaltender is top-notch. What do you expect for them offensively? Do they have the offense to uh, to bring it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, they have they have talent, you know, and and I mean, the strength of their team is their goaltender, and any coach will tell you, um, if you could pick one strength, that's going to be it. So, um, you know, we, we're going to have to, you know, get in his eyes and, and and throw a lot of pucks and bodies at him to beat him, um, and just play play the way we play. You know, we we never focus too much on the other team. Uh, we study them and, and, and show the guys our, our film on them and, and, and talk about tendencies, but we focus on us. That's all we've been focused on. Um, and we, we we just like anybody else. So if we go out and we execute um, the way that we uh, we want to, we, we
1: like our chances. All right, so it's rivalry week with U of A coming here for football. You guys have a big weekend series. Was there any talk at all about because of that game being moved later, maybe changing your game time, or are you guys set with playing here like normal. No, we've done a
0: really good job of avoiding conflicts. I mean, this is the first one I can remember in a long time. And um, we have to set our schedule. We have to set our schedule way before football does with TV and all that good stuff. And it just so happened there was a conflict. Our game sold out both nights. It's not a big deal. We'll get our, our staunch supporters here, and it won't affect football and, and vice versa. So um, hopefully we, uh, we get off the ice on Saturday after a big win, and we can catch the end of the— the football game and, and see our guys beat u of a
1: all right coach have a happy thanksgiving uh, it's nice to see you guys back on the ice again and let's go for uh, 13 straight weekends and see what we, what we come out at the end absolutely thanks scott
0: pre-game like a pro post-game like a champion at college bar and grill located across the street from the iconic a mountain and sun devil stadium and a quick walk from wells fargo arena College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like
2: a pro. Post-game like a champion. Online at ILoveCollege.co. Had a chance to hear the coach. We haven't had a chance to
1: visit. Uh... For a couple of weeks now because we visited right. with them then they were off last week and now he's back on with us you saw him in front of the new banner he came yeah, very up nice. And, uh, very like nice very nice new banner actually touched it to make sure it was real it
2: was real <laughs> but it wasn't cgi well no. what, what happened yeah. uh, cgi is um, a little above the budget uh, there scott it, it, yeah
1: i think so but he uh <laughs> he liked the fact that we had that up there so yeah sure uh coach deserves it he does a good job and we appreciate having him on but your thoughts, your impressions for the, uh, the five-minute powers play, which went about eight minutes.
2: Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's it, it, you want to hear certain things. Uh, you got the update on the guys that were injured. Um, it makes me a little nervous that uh, that uh, Gruber not a hundred percent, unless I misheard that. Uh, but it seems like Buncis is ready to go um well I, I mean, think with
1: I think with the upper body injury that that Gruber had and I think we can all kind of guess what that was but the upper body injury I don't know if you ever get back to 100% in the first, in the season or don't he, or don't know until he gets hit yeah and he's he's definitely back to the point where he's you know he's been cleared to play how about that yeah so that's good news but okay. uh, he's a big face-off man for him, and so is Phil Bunces, and uh, also big in the corners.
2: Wolf yeah, well, big in the pucks up. Listen, uh, as we've already noted, they're going to play 13 straight weekends. They need everybody to be healthy, because yeah. there is yep. no question that the depth is going to get challenged. Because you can't play 13 weekends in a row uh, without a, a, a weekend off and not suffer bumps and bruises no matter how good Leanne Blinn is, no matter how uh, in shape the players are, it's still hockey. Right. And un- un- unless they're playing no contact, um, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get bumps and bruises. and yeah, I think
1: and that, that's why the guys that aren't playing right now have to stay sharp and have to continue to improve. And that's what I look at at practice right now. Uh, the guys like Phil Zong, and um, I'm sorry, not Phil Zong, um, Peter Zong, um, watch Peter Zong and, and Buntzis and Gavita Johnsons and, and, uh, the max balance all of those guys, how do they play in practice? Right. And I've seen their level continually get better and get better and get better. I'll say it again. I wish we could take Carson Priere and take the red shirt off and put him on the lineup. Cause I really like what I see on him in practice, but we can't do that. So we're going to have to wait till next year for him. But, um, I think they're in good shape depth-wise. I really do. And, uh, you know, we never want to see anybody get hurt. But if somebody does get hurt, you, uh, you feel comfortable with the guys that they have. Coach Powers keeps telling me this, too. He still doesn't think they played their best hockey yet, which uh, is encouraging, I guess, if you well, keep winning
2: without listen, that. I, I can understand that sentiment. Um, it's, it's, you know, they haven't really had a chance to get into a groove yet. All right, because the well, schedule has now. been so well. <laughs> they certainly will now. Uh, we're I, I would assume by the end of December we're going to know whether or not we've seen the ceiling. Yep. Okay. Denver, Harvard, Michigan Tech, um, Omaha. Um, Omaha's at least has been playing better this year than people thought. Tech is playing a little bit better this year than people thought, and those games will be very interesting. Uh, Denver's a top five team Harvard is right up there too so we are not going to see any soft teams on this schedule uh, for most of the next six weeks uh, I know what coach said because coaches say what coaches say um, Vermont is one eight and one for a reason that reason is they have not scored goals. And while you can't, as we said, take anybody lightly, this is a team, and these are two games, just like those season-opening games against Mercyhurst, with a team that's 57th in the pairwise that you have to win. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you cannot lose one of these two games this weekend. If you lose this weekend, you can just about kiss... Any chance for an NCAA tournament bid? Goodbye. I I, I firmly believe that. Um, like I said, we're not talking about a team that's thirtieth in the pairwise. We're talking about a team that's fifty seventh, and you're playing them at home. You cannot lose these two games, and that's where we're gonna where the the pressure is gonna come from this weekend. It's gonna be internal, not external. But they have to win these two games, especially with the schedule coming up, yeah, well, I totally agree it's it's
1: you know i I can't quite go as far as being a must win because until in my book they need to go eighteen and eight somehow some way.
2: you can't lose the these ga- you can't is lose it, these games is it easier? Can. Is it easier if you don't lose these games certainly you but no, listen uh, you had you had your one slip up you had <laughs> you had your one slip up. No, okay, I'm my sorry. friend, I, it's too it's too early in the season for that. Listen, if you lose you, next week one of the games against Denver, that's until, that's something different. But until
1: until we, you have yeah, but what happens if you lose a game this weekend but you sweep Denver? You've just X'd it out, right? Okay, I'm yeah, just saying. But, I'm yeah, just but saying.
2: We're, I'm playing the odds here. Yeah, okay. Well we don't we're, we're, we're not trying gonna play to be the odds. We're not in Vegas here. tonight. i just I'm just <laughs> trying to be realistic. And, uh, yeah,
1: and, I, I get it, I, and I agree. They they need to win these games, but you know, put them as a must win right now. There is no must win until they're down to to uh, needing eighteen wins, and there's only seventeen games.
2: Yeah, that's that's well,
1: what's going to eliminate them
2: officially. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I okay. All right. All right. Uh, you, you you're, you're the can, guy
1: that tells me it's one game at a time.
2: Right? It is one game. Play at a time. one
1: game at a time. It is one. Anyway, I'm saying you
2: can't afford to lose any of these one games coming up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You got to win them all.
1: I mean, I think that's what they'd like to do is win
2: them all. We all know they're not. But well, who, there is, who doesn't? Who there doesn't is want, a, a, Yeah. I go into this game. I, I feel like I'll, i I want to lose today. Of course, they want right. to win.
1: <laughs> but I think that the bottom line of it is is that 18 more wins secures that NCAA spot. It doesn't matter how they get them. It matters when they get them and what that total is in the end of February. So anyway, let's, uh, let's take another quick break. Let's jump into Johnny Walker, our pitchfork profile. It's always great to listen to Johnny and hear some different things. I tried to poke him a little bit and find out some different things. So let's uh, listen to Johnny Walker and come back and uh, do a little evaluation on the uh, Johnny for Hobie 2020, which got a chuckle out of him, by the way, after I said that. Sure did. (laughs) We'll be ready. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another Pitchfork profile. You know this guy sitting next to me on the right, Johnny Walker, is with me. So, Johnny, first of all, happy Thanksgiving and happy two-week break. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Tell me what it's like to have the kind of schedule that you guys have had so far where you've had three off weeks in your first ten games.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's good for uh, guys to get, uh, you know, back, back to 100% and, uh, you know, recharge the batteries a little bit, and, and we're going to come out flying on, on Friday against Vermont. Tell me about Johnny Walker, okay? Uh, you got new line mates this year. Uh,
1: you look comfortable out there. You've been moving the puck a lot. What's, what's Johnny Walker's goal? I mean, we all know you can score the puck, but I think you like to pass it just as much, don't you?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of things are closing up quicker this year. I think uh, some teams are starting to key on it a little bit. They, they know I like to shoot the puck, so, um, you know, Sanch and Como are, are in the right spots, and uh, making it really easy to play with so uh, just making making plays when they're there and, and trying to keep it simple Let's revisit the season that started way back in July for you <laughs> You guys came together You went to China had a good
1: experience down there you come back here now And then then we've already talked about you know a lot of people ask me, minute go what's going on with ASU hockey? And I'll go like what they were seven and three through ten games last year. They're
3: six and four this year mm-hmm. You see a lot of difference
1: between your two teams from last year and this year.
3: Um, you know, I, I think that we've uh, we could be better than seven and three yeah. uh, this year. I think we have, you know, a couple uh, couple losses that we'd like to have back, but uh, it's going to happen throughout a 30 36 whatever game season. So, um, you know, our our goal is just to get better every week, and I think we're doing that. Um, you know, by the end of the year, last year we were. We were a great hockey team, and, and I think we picked up right where we left off last year. So we're just trying to improve um, every every week and every year. So I think we're doing that and, and definitely heading in the right direction. Coach Powers tells me that he, you guys are like 50% of what he expects out of you. <laughs> so
1: you, does he tell you guys that too on the ice, that you're only halfway to your potential?
3: Uh, no, but you can kind of feel it. You know, guys are guys are coming together now and, and getting more comfortable being out on the ice together. and. Uh, a lot of new faces too so it 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 just takes time to build that chemistry and and uh, start clicking on all cylinders so I I think that 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 could be right and that that's actually pretty dangerous if if we're only 50% of what what we can what we can be.
1: Okay a couple things I want to touch on number one is is health and strength and conditioning I just had Leanne Blinn in here and she she's uh, she's been a godsend for you guys but she talks about just how much she pushes you guys what's it like to work with Leanne Blinn?
3: Yeah I mean it's great Uh, she's changed changed my uh, my game quite a bit um, putting on more weight and and uh, playing a bit heavier and, and healthier this year um, while still keeping keeping the speed up and and being able to skate and keep up so um, you know it's kind of the best of both worlds she she uh you know kicks our butt but if there's times where she needs a lot off the gas she knows like uh when when to let up and, and kind of give us a break if we need it and we're we'll run down a little bit so Uh, She's found that obviously she's been doing this a long time. She knows the balance and and it's uh, really paying off for us
1: Everybody talks around the country about the
3: loss of Joey Decord and it doesn't look like you guys have really
1: dropped off a lot I guess the only thing that might be missing is that long stretch pass from Joey Decord Are you you getting Evan DeBrower a little tuned into that and going like hey, I'm up here at the red line sometimes?
3: Uh, No, I think that that's kind of a gift that um, you know Dax was I mean not a lot of NHL goalie, not a lot of goalies in the world can do what he did so um I think it's you know kind of asking a lot to have a goalie send a saucer through three zones right on your tape into a breakaway (laughs) so um I'm not even sure I could do that so I think it's kind of asking a lot for for a goalie to do that with a with a couple different gloves on um Debrower's holding up great he's doing he's really getting comfortable and and, uh, I think he's tracking the puck quite a bit better and um, you know, he played. He hadn't played in a year and a half yeah. uh, for a while. Takes so, a little while, doesn't it? Yeah, to to, to adjust. So I couldn't imagine. Um, you know, if I had to come in after not playing a game for a year and a half, I'd imagine I'd be I'd be pretty rusty myself. So um, he's definitely knocked that off, and and uh, he, he's he's full stride right now, and he's doing really great for us. Okay, let's wrap things up
1: by talking uh, Desert Southwest and Phoenix hockey. Uh, when you came here, it was a lot of talk about. Johnny Walker's staying at home. He's coming home now. Everybody seems to want to be here. Uh, if you if you grow up playing hockey here, you want to play for the Sun Devils.
3: <coughs> Tell me a little bit about that, and and what's the stigma about that, and how much has it grown in just your three years here at, at uh, ASU? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just kids from Arizona that want to be here. Um, I think it's kids all all over the country are realizing what a what a great program is being built here and um, how we're doing things the right way, and and it's uh, it's really something special. So. Um, you know for me to be lucky enough to come in and help build that I feel really fortunate um, I, uh, I, I I'm really happy with my decision and, and couldn't be more grateful but um, as far as kids from kids from the desert want to play here I think it's great um, I, and I think that's part of what's helping build build Arizona hockey is is this uh, this team and this organization so uh, along with the Coyotes I, I think that uh, good things and are, are coming from Arizona hockey youth hockey all right. Final question
1: for you. The the football team had a big win. I understand a lot of you guys. Maybe not all of you were there uh, <laughs> when
3: they beat Oregon. As another Sun Devil athlete, does that rub off on you guys at all? Um, I mean, I think you just uh, when you see success, you want to replicate it. Um, and you know, they uh, they played a great game. Um, you know, a couple guys made some big plays, and and they beat a top top ten team in the country. Um, I mean, we've done that too, but. <laughs> um you know we're just uh we're really proud of him and, and happy to be a sun devil and, and it's it's a prideful thing but um i think that winning is contagious and and uh hopefully we can keep that up all right keep up the winning i joked on social media i said they stormed the field after the oregon one are we going to see somebody
1: storm some fans from arizona state storm the ice in detroit when you guys take home the national championship
3: um we'll try to keep the fans off the ice i think it's more <laughs> of a a thing for for football or or, or baseball where there's it's not so slippery so all right johnny walker johnny for hobie 2020 is officially underway let's keep it rolling thank you hey michael here from m drive my dad a world-class scientist actually made m drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life and yes m drive supports healthy testosterone but it's so much more M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive.
1: All right, Paul Hornstein, you heard the Pitchfork profile. We haven't, uh, we haven't been all over Johnny this year yet. We've kind of let him just go because he gets a lot of media attention as it is, and we like to talk to other players and other times. But I thought this is the time to talk to Johnny because it's Thanksgiving. They're 10 games in. He's still a Hobie Baker candidate. It's different this year, though. He uh, is not. He even said it himself. He thinks guys are starting to key on him this year because they know, so he has to look for other guys to get the puck to
2: and Absolutely.
1: He's playing on the line with Demetrius Comenzis and also uh, James Sanchez, who so far have been pretty formidable. I think they'd both like to be scoring more than they are, but um, that line is about as good as there is in hockey, I think.
2: Well, listen, they've been they they playing well. And I just, you know, it's hard, like I said, it's hard to get into a groove when your schedule has been inconsistent. And that's just a fact of life. Based on the fact that they're an independent and they don't have to, for, they can't formulate uh, non-league games, so to speak, around uh, their a conference schedule. So they have to play teams when they can play them. And you know, as far as Johnny is concerned, uh, I, I think you've seen some evidence this year, without a doubt, that you know he's more than just a goal scorer. He can, he can, he can pass the puck too. Uh, his skating gets better all the time. And, uh, you know, he's a smart hockey player. He knows that if you're, you know, somebody has got to be open if he's drawing two guys to him. So, um, you know, he, he's, you know, you got to pass, you know, the the idea is to spread the scoring out to begin with. You can't have him being the only guy to score because you're not going to win that way. And, uh, you know, so other players have to step up to relieve the pressure off of him. And, um, you know, so hopefully that's what we're going to start to see again. Uh, because his line's been pretty good. I know they switched things up a little bit because of some injuries in that last weekend. Um, of course, my memory's a little faded from that long ago, but uh, you know,
1: oh, you mean from 20 days?
2: Was it? Is it? Has it only been 20? It seems like it'll 20 be, months, yeah. It'll be 20, 20
1: days from game to game, but um, yeah, I mean, totally agree. I think he's he's. Growing as a hockey player, Coach Powers alluded to that at the beginning of the year. as He put more on Johnny's plate. He challenged him to do other things. He challenged him to get stronger, to be a better skater, to be healthier. Um, he, he talked to me about uh, Leanne Blinn and what she's done as far as strengthening him and getting him hockey ready. Um, you know, one of the things, and I'll, I'll throw this out about Leanne, too, is she always tells me that the guys are eager to, eager to come in there, and she goes, Sometimes it gets a little frustrating because they're too eager to come in here. So she goes, I got to kick the rear end a few, a few times to, to, to know that this isn't fun. It's supposed to be work. But, yeah, well. uh, you know, I, I think that's good. And the, uh, the guys certainly appreciate her, and, and she appreciates the role that she has in helping them. Uh, I did make her talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the regiment on the road what he does to try to get them right. uh, ready to play on these. Besides pushing, on these buses. Yeah, uh, besides pushing buses? Yeah, besides pushing buses. Certainly on these days where you play fr- Saturday night and then have to turn around and play against Sunday afternoon. I, I just, uh, you know, maybe I'm I'm old school in this, but that that's a difficult thing. I, I just know it's more difficult than playing 7.05 on Saturday night, 7.05 on Sunday night, because you're losing four hours, sometimes five or six.
2: Well, once again, that's where the depth comes in. And that, that's where guys are going to have to step up. And as she said in your interview with her for uh, Hockey Talk, uh, guys are going to have to take even a little bit better care of themselves. So, yeah, um, you know, instead but, of go- – but, like
1: but like we said on Friday nights, the way they've been sluggish getting going, you, you're not going to be able to have that be sluggish on Saturday night and then have a sluggish period on Sunday afternoon. Or you're gonna lose a game somewhere along the line. So
2: uh, listen, it's it's, it's you figure cha- it out. It's another challenge, uh, something that they really haven't had to do too much. Uh, they haven't played too many Saturday, uh, Sunday series, uh, and Saturday night, Sunday afternoon series in 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 the time they've been a D1 program. So uh, this is another challenge for them. And hopefully that they uh, live up to the challenge. So, you know, it's a matter of, uh, like she said, taking care of yourself and making the proper adjustments and making sure that you do what you have to do. Um, More focus is necessary. More concentration is necessary because it'll be far too easy or easier uh, to let your game slip because you're a little more tired than you normally would be between games, so that's another thing too. Uh, that focus and that concentration, uh, by the way, it also helps you stay out of the penalty box. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think and coaches tell me that he wanted to work a little bit more on special teams and get get more proficient on the power play and continue to get better on the penalty kill, which every coach wants to do, but. Um, that starts with your goaltender. It's going to be big on Evan DeBrower again to continually. I and I think, like I told you earlier, I think he's up to the challenge right now. I think he looks forward to being in there, and uh, I don't think he feels the jitters that he did the first part of the uh, uh, of the season when he was really getting tested. So, okay, let's uh, let's jump off of that because we kind of beat that down. Um, as far as the rest of the NCAA goes, the teams that are And I want to to touch a little bit about the Fortress Invitational coming up in Vegas because out here in the West, we're going to see Harvard and ASU in Southern California for a couple of games.
2: Right. But
1: also, you're bringing Ohio State, Providence, Cornell, and Army into Vegas on the 3rd and 4th of January. Right. So you're getting an influx of, of... six really good hockey teams at the NCAA level right here and now in the West. So to me, there's something going on here where it's become more than just a novelty. This is a push from teams to start getting things going in the West. Um, I really think, and and this is, I don't know this. I just have this hunch that we're going to see some action over the next two years as far as adding more teams in the West.
2: Well, let's hope so. I mean, because it's, it's something that is needed. Uh, the, the game's got two places to grow. It's either got to be the West or the South. Yep. Okay? Because yep. there's not a whole lot of schools in the other two sections of the country that aren't already playing. Uh, you know, maybe... You might see somewhere, I mean, the, the schools like Syracuse, which actually has a D1 women's team, right. uh, you, know, uh, you know, you're know. you always hearing about that. Um, we've heard Pittsburgh. We've heard Illinois forever. But the fact of the matter is the place where the game's got to grow, uh, more likely than not, is going to be the West Coast. And – I don't know what the solution is. Um, I shouldn't even say what the solution is. I know uh, what it will take for that. Besides a lot of money. And well, you know, three, and here's a, go ahead. And you know, and and it's going to take time, and we we are anxious for it to happen overnight because we want to see it. But we just, you know, it, we just have to understand it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, there are a few schools that, you know, in my estimation, because of the nature of the school, uh, that could do it if they wanted to, but that's not likely. So, Well, here's,
1: here's my quick synopsis on this whole thing. I'll kind of wrap it up with this, but um, you need three things to go D1, right? You need... Competitive team in ACHA so that you're ready to compete. So you have players that you can bring in that are ready to compete. You need the dollars to fund the program, both on the men's and women's side in your college. And then thirdly, you need the facility, right? And right. everybody said it can't happen overnight, but it happened at ASU overnight without the facilities. It um, literally overnight. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it can happen that way. But I look at things right now. Here's your obvious choices, and we'll just kind of go down this road. U of A is the most competitive ACHA team in the West, and now and it's not even close, right? But okay. they've, they've come up and said, we we can't make the jump. Even if everything went our way, we can't make the jump because we don't have the proper facilities. So until they're able to get facilities, Jesus they've got a beautiful, a beautiful arena, but they don't have ice to practice early enough or the ice slots like right now they play a lot of afternoon games because they have to accommodate the Roadrunners so right so they might well, but they don't able- play
2: every week they don't play every day at home they're the Roadrunners play road games right
1: yeah but i mean it's still it's still tough for them to get weekends with the, cuz they got to make the schedule drive all the way around and then there's other events in Tucson at that arena or or building that don't allow them to play hockey when they should be playing hockey so they're, they're, in a, they're competitively the closest team to being a D1 team, but they don't have the building yet, and they're working on it. But, and then I don't know if the, with the building will come the resources to, uh, to fund it. So that's them. UNLV was probably the next team to jump up because I think they have the Orleans, which they're going to play a couple games at in January, to, right. uh, to try it out again. And just to see what they can draw, they got a pretty good fan base. But the problem is, UNLV's competitiveness has dropped, dropped off a lot. They, they lost seven in a row now, including two last weekend to uh, the University of Arizona. So their competitiveness is down a little bit, and they need to fix that, I, I think, before they make that jump. And then you got Grand Canyon, who's another kind of sleeping giant. But let's be honest, Grand Canyon has only got one win in d one hockey right now. They've only been at it. He won stuff for half of us, sem- well, about a semester. So it's going to be interesting to see what Grand Canyon does in the spring and how far they push it, because if they get better, and, and Coach Roy has told me that he intends on, on getting a much better team, I mean, he believes, and I guess this is the coach's mentality, he believes if he runs the table in the spring semester that he can get into the tournament and uh, that's listen. kind of a you know that's kind of a stretch but if you believe it and you bring the players on who knows right
2: uh, listen that's that's all well and good but aren't they in the process of building a building and they had a chance to put ice in and didn't
1: yeah but th- it was a different it was a different situation that building was meant to be a club sports building it was never meant to be a hockey building so uh, i think I, I, I think there's opportunity there. There's always land that's popping up at Grand Canyon. And there's also a lot of money at Grand Canyon. Yeah, but they're also and, still trying And more trying importantly, to... there's an awful lot of support for every sport at Grand Canyon. Yeah,
2: but they're it still doesn't try... matter what. They're still trying to figure out whether they want to be profit or non-profit. So they got to figure yeah. that out first. So Yeah,
1: well, when they figure it out. But don't be surprised. I'm just telling you right now. Don't be surprised if they become the next one to go. People keep telling me Southern California, they Southern California is not ready. They don't even have a D1 ACHA D1 team.
2: And you, you know what, you know the, what USC has? What's that money? But they don't have a facility. Yeah, but if you have the money, the facility is the easy, is, is probably easier than building the team.
1: Yeah, maybe, but you're also in LA, so you got to find the room for it, the space yeah. for it. Okay. You know, and there's a lot of things that have to happen for them
2: to make the jump. But they uh, still have Oregon, the money.
1: Oregon, or yeah, I agree with that. Oregon would have a shot. I think. Well, that's the, because
2: uh, yeah, but that's because the university president would go a couple of doors down and say, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Knight, can I have a check, please? We right. want to do this." So I mean, and man. I believe Utah and BYU are
1: both schools that that could be joining up but i think the interesting thing in this whole thing is that we all know the WCHA is in a state of flux right now something's going to happen with the WCHA, and the other interesting piece of you the mean struggle, besides the
2: fact that they stabbed the two alaska schools in huntsville in the back no besides the, that
1: no i don't know if there is besides that that's bad enough isn't it
2: um, yeah but well, that's those, part of the those problem.
1: two school, alaska's two schools somehow got a reprieve I don't know how you get a reprieve. If, if they think it's dead in the water, they've got no hope. Why would you give them more time to continue their program? So something's going on in the back. Yeah, it's, because- it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, uh, it's called you're at 60 teams and you're looking to make it 61 and 62, not 58. Right, Exactly. So anyway,
1: that's uh, that's the stuff for another day, another topic. But right now, we'll look forward to uh, the Catamounts coming. And I've kind of teased them a little bit because we're getting some snow down here. Not in the valley, but very close to the valley. Prescott's going to see some snow. Flag's going to see a lot of snow. So uh, Vermont's getting a little taste of it. I told them not to worry, though, because they're coming to the ocean. So just bring your warm weather clothes and your flip-flops.
2: And I heard and it's going to be... All the way down to fifty six or fifty seven so, degrees I'm, Man, gonna I'm tell telling you i'm going to tell you though, my friend, last
1: weekend, <laughs> I went to oceanside ice arena, yeah, and okay. I had to wear two jackets. It was so cold <laughs> in there, so the place is uh it, you know you can say it's all relative, but I was freezing my my hands were so cold I couldn't already hit the shutter button on my camera yeah, anyway no, I don't know. Another another time for another topic. But. Hey, tell me that in February. All right. So it's Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a lot of things to be thankful for. A couple things I want to shout out. We're uh, getting ready for the uh, Hiroki Wakabayashi uh, jersey auction. I didn't get the jerseys that I'd hoped to get. I did get a stick from the Coyotes. I got a stick. That was good. Uh, I got a stick from the uh, ASU ACHAD1 goalies that had their team sign it. We got a couple of jerseys, one from Grand Canyon, one from U of A, and one from ACHA. Uh, we're still hoping to get a women's jersey and a NCAA jersey from ASU, but time is running out on that end of it. doesn't so matter.
2: It, it, it's it's a, it's a good cause, whatever you get.
1: We will uh, do what we can do.
2: Yeah, that's all you can do.
1: And yeah, then we, on the flip side of that, uh, another tragedy struck us here, and I know it's a difficult thing to talk about because uh, – you know rivalries are rivalries, but hockey. No, 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 hockey no, no, that's not. Are, no, this is.
2: This, is, this is different. That's not. The, this is not the same thing. That is not that you. Uh, we can agree, disagree, and 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 fight and and despise a logo and and colors, and, but no, that's that's not the same thing as is uh, uh, as supporting somebody in in that sort of, uh, you know, in a life-and-death struggle. And I know you're talking about your buddy Tim Gasson, um, and who is uh, in a really bad spot right now. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pulling for him. We're hoping for him. And uh, hopefully he gets better. Well,
1: you know, Tim's in a real fight. But I will say when I started this five years ago, um, he was one of the first that, that came aboard, and he moved. He moved U of A hockey to where they're at. That's why they have all their games on YouTube right now. Which, in the streaming world, is, is their games are more more consistent than a lot of the games that you and I have tried to watch other places. Don't even so, get
2: me started on that, please. Uh, but I gotta give him a it's lot of credit
1: for for getting that set up. And like I said, uh, he was he was attacked with an illness suddenly. Uh, I don't want to get into a lot of details because I'm not, not necessarily all the details. It's also not necessary. uh, I do believe that he did undergo surgery today. Uh, I know if he, if it actually happened, it was going to be uh, a lengthy surgery, five to seven hours. I'm told. So, um, we don't know the outcome at this point as we speak tonight, but we all, it's a, it's a tricky thing that he's dealing with. And, um, you know, it hit him. It hit him suddenly. It thought, he thought right. he had food poisoning, and the next thing you know, it's not food poisoning. It's something else. So, right. our thoughts and, this, and prayers go out to Tim. I absolutely. did a little video that you can see on there. That uh, you know, we're all fighting for him because he is a—he's a hockey guy. He's right? a right. hockey and guy. We need all the hockey guys we can get in the desert southwest. All right. Anywhere. So that's a—that's a shout out for there. Another thing I do want to touch about uh, is that we are doing a drive, as we always do every. Uh, Every December, I hope this one catches on, Paul, because I keep pushing this, but the 100 Club here in Arizona is very near and dear to our heart for our first responders, and the good friends over at uh, Arizona Sports do a radiothon for the 100 Club of Arizona, which helps the fallen um, right. fallen first responders, basically, police, firemen, uh, Department of Justice, uh, DOC, all those people. Um, Whenever there's a tragedy, the 100 Club steps up and is there for them. So our goal right now is to bring on some, uh, some corporate partners between now and the 18th of December. If you sign up for a corporate partnership, we make a, a donation as well. And we're hoping to bring a nice size check by getting some corporate partners on board with us. So if you're listening, you've got a business, you've been on the fence, you've been wondering whether you should jump on board or not, it's great value. I mean, I figured it out. It's about $41 a month. to uh, to become a corporate partner with us and now you're going to be able to help out the uh, 100 club as well so by all means get in touch with us ithsw sales at gmail.com is how you can reach me or you can direct message me on any social media and i will promise i will get back to you that's going from now until the 18th so we can hopefully make a check presentation on the 19th uh to the 100 club so lots of good stuff going on i know you're you're preparing for uh, a trip out uh to Southern California, so you can join us. We're going to be. No, I'll get uh, there eventually. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, at Irvine, that Great Park Ice. Uh, tickets are available now. Uh, seats are somewhat limited, though it's not a massive building, so don't don't wait till the very end to buy your tickets. Get online and get it. You can go to our website and find it. You can go to GreatParkIce.com, and uh, get your tickets there as well. But two great teams: Harvard, right now number five in the Parawise as we speak, mm-hmm. and ASU number fourteen. Yeah. Those could both change for the better before we get to that point.
2: Well, let's hope. That'll be really good. That'll be really nice if uh, if that happens. Uh, you know, it's uh, we've got a while to go for that. Um, I'm looking forward to the trip. i uh, going to go visit my son who lives up in uh, Northern California before I come down to Southern California for the hockey games and, uh, you know, do a little sightseeing too. So I'm looking very much forward to that. Uh, we got to get to that first, and uh, we got about a month.
1: Yeah, well, I've I've ordered up about 47 degrees for a high, mid 20s at night, maybe a dusting of snow every now and then for you, just to make you feel at home.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. That'll be good. That'll be all all right. to make you feel <laughs> home. The final
1: thing I want to say, without uh, without talking college hockey right now, is as most of you already know, relive the miracle 2020 is coming upon us uh, to Vegas at Thomas and Mack Center. Um, we're pleased to be a part of it. We're pleased to be there. We'll be there the, uh, the weekend in February when ASU closes out their season at, uh, at Wisconsin, right. we're going to be keeping tabs on that, but we're also going to be talking to some 1980 gold medal Olympians. Uh, I'm just thrilled over this and the, the webpage will be up shortly with our stuff. I know you've done a lot of research for us, Paul, on some of the, I'm the players. I'm trying and where they've been and where they are now, which I think is really cool because kick a guy like Bill Baker and he, he, wins a gold medal and, uh, it's now an oral surgeon, right? Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> and, listen,
1: you and got guys like Mike Ramsey that played 1200 games in the NHL and still he's known for the gold medal, uh, in 1980. Uh, he kind of joked with what Jeff Holbrook and said that, you know, that's not too bad of a thing to be
2: known for. No, absolutely no. not. So, and, and i'm curious i mean hopefully uh things work out and 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 and, and i'm out there with you but um i'm just i am curious to to hear some of the stories i have a few questions of my own um we know that uh, you know when movies get made that uh they take a little poetic license right. sometimes um, I mean, you have a more of an insight of who else is going to be there besides the players than I do. Uh, but I'm not sure that anything has been confirmed yet. So uh, who knows? Uh, you know, like I said, I if, if, if I'm able to get out there, I'll, I'm going to be very excited for that. So,
1: Well, here's the two things that I think that are really important about this and very unique about this. The fact that um, you're talking about a 40-year reunion for a team that the players were late teens, early 20s, right?
2: Yeah, for so, the most part. Outside of uh, Schneider and Aruzzioni, who were a right. little bit older, most of these guys were 19, 20, 21. Okay, uh, so, so my point being is if this is a 40 reunion for a
1: 20-year-old, that would mean that will put them in the 60-year-old age group. Yeah. We don't know. No, how we don't. We, we've, already, we've already lost a few, but we don't know how many we're going to have left in the 50-year reunion.
2: We hope they're all
1: there still, but hopefully, you just you know, life is life, right?
2: Life is you just life.
1: Don't, yeah. You just don't know. And then secondly is the uniqueness of this is the fact that there are two generations here. There's one generation, which I am in and you are in, that actually remembered the game itself, right?
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: but there's another group of people, the younger generation. If you're 30 or, or younger, you remember the movie, right? And, or and,
2: you've seen some video, you've seen right, YouTube but clips and
1: but the impact's not the same, and I think that's the difference, and, and that's what I want to see be brought together at Thomas and Mac on February twenty second is how they bring both groups of these people, and and when you're when you're a millennial, so to speak, and you've watched it on a movie screen, how do you relate to seeing that person, the real flesh and blood of a Mike Ruzio or Jim Craig
2: or Mike Ramsey or Bill Baker or whoever it might be. Um, uh, you know, I, I ho- you, you hope to find these things out. You know, and if you're in Phoenix, if you're in a valley or you're in, it, it is not hard to get to Vegas. No. no. It's, it's not hard to get to Vegas. And honestly, you know, it it was awesome when they had this thing five years ago in Lake Placid. Um But it's just a slightly different climate in February in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, So that might help you uh, get a few more people to go. Um, And if you really, if you do have a chance to do this and and get to this event, you really, really should. Because, um, you know, I'm sure that all the stories that they have haven't all been told yet. Uh, You know, you sit there and and sometimes you never know what comment will jog somebody's memory and lead Christ. into a story, into another story. Um, and most of us have not heard a lot of these stories, right. even though some of them might be tired of saying them. But, you know, this is a connection to the best sports moment in the history of this country. And that's, that's whether you're talking. Baseball, football, basketball, whatever. I mean, this is the ultimate in David and Goliath story. Uh, these collegians were playing against professionals, even though that's not what the paycheck said. And <laughs> and it was how often do you get a chance to say you saw something that? can be pointed to as a changing point in the trajectory of something. Correct. So listen, okay. And listen, it's, it's, it's not world war two. It's not the invasion of Normandy. It was a hockey game, but that hockey game changed the trajectory or that two weeks changed the trajectory of so many things in the hockey world and yeah. cha- really changed it as we know it today compared to what it was before those two weeks in February of 1980. And, you know, hopefully as we uh, do some of the features that you're planning on, uh, we can demonstrate that a little bit. And hopefully, if, you know, when we do the, when the event occurs, uh, some of the things that we can get or or you know, we're able to, to, to showcase, we'll, we'll, we'll show that because... Uh, those two jerseys behind you are a direct descendant of that weekend and th- those two weeks.
1: That is a fact. Well, we're looking forward to that. Um, we got turkey to eat tomorrow, so let's get some sleep and get some rest. And uh, and then we got hockey to cover from tomorrow week – Tomorrow, uh, actually Friday, Saturday, and then 13 consecutive weeks until this thing uh, comes to a head, and we find out yeah. if we've got another trip to an NCAA tournament in store for the Arizona State Sun Devils. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I want to say uh, we are extremely thankful for everybody that helps us put this all together. We also are very thankful for our sponsors. We've got our good friends at Behind the Mask, at the uh, Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler at Oceanside Ice, uh, M Drive, our friends over at Oxipow, another Oxipow fantastic Friday coming up. We also have our... Uh, our friends in the ACHA world at ACHA, uh, the uh, university of Arizona and also Arizona state. So plenty of room on the bandwagon. We want you to come on board and join us. And like I said, for now until the 18th of December is the time to do it. Cause you can help out the 100 club uh, on our behalf as well. So jump aboard from now until the 18th and, Paul, we'll let you go, get to uh, get to some festivities. We'll enjoy the same thing here in Arizona while it rains and snows around us.
2: Um, <laughs> hockey season is here, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. Can't wait. Uh, when we're done, ta- uh, I don't know, I still say taping. i hey, old. Recording, whatever. <laughs> uh, Got to watch my Islanders get back on the uh, winning track after they had yeah. their 17-game point streak broken by the Ducks. So that'll well, be by the way, the bit.
1: Coyotes are playing the Ducks right now, and I believe uh, that sound was one-one. So
2: yeah, well, so. it's a, yeah, so let's see, we can we can update there, even though this will come out on <laughs> Thursday night or Friday, uh, and the one-two-one Coyotes. So you know, hey, there you go, there you go, little
1: Coyotes, get it done. All right, Paul. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks you for too, all Scott. that you do for us, and uh, we'll look well, thank forward you. to speaking to you next week.
2: You got it.